It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Chris Landry Football Channel on Twitch. I'm Bruce Hooley. It's time for the A Few Good Men on the Big Ten Podcast. Glad to be with you today. I'm solo. My partner, Andy Anders, is uh, away today. But we got a lot to cover on a Thursday edition, the final July edition of the A Few Good Men on a Big Ten Podcast. We hope you'll follow us on the Landry Football Channel, Twitch TV. Submit your questions. Submit your comments. We'll respond to your chat comments during the show. We'll have our You Can't Handle the Truth segment a little bit later on in the show. A lot to cover today. Question marks for contenders. We have the still not published and remaining unknown Big Ten schedule to talk about. Uh, We have opt-outs. College football players opting out of playing in the 2020 season, assuming there will be a 2020 season. And we have big money for a former Buckeye. We'll talk about it all today, but a reminder at the top of the show, we are sponsored by our friends at Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, the absolute best coffee you will find, not just in quality, but in mission. They buy direct from growers throughout the world. That gets you the best coffee you've ever had. It gets the grower more money than he would receive if he went through his governmental agencies, which skim some of the profits off the top. So then those growers can do great things in their local communities in Thailand, in Indonesia, in Ecuador, in Ethiopia, in countries where they're not blessed like we are here in the United States of America with great infrastructure, great community funding. And so Hemisphere Coffee Roasters does a great job. But for you, what you care about is the taste. Awesome tasting coffee, no bitter aftertaste, rich, dark, light, medium roast, you name it. They'll roast it to your specs. Go to their website and browse their selections. You'll find something you love, something you're intrigued by. Their house blend is phenomenal. Their hunter's blend is phenomenal. K-Cups, if you're a K-Cup person, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters has that all going on as well. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. And here's a little something for you. Use the promo code BIG10 in all caps, and you'll get 15% off the already low, low prices at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. All right, uh, before we get into our... Question marks for contenders and our what's up with the schedule topics for today. We want to let you know what else we have for you here on the Chris Landry Football Channel. We have uh, the AYS SEC edition. SEC Gumbo. Love that show. ACC Tailgate. A few good men on the Big Ten, obviously, in defense of the Big 12. 
the Sports Web Pro Football Talk, Hard Count Football, Pack Rap. Yes, a Pac-12 show. Are you noticing a trend that here on the Chris Landry Football Channel, we have a show for every conference? And next week, more for you. Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football, Everything Fantasy, Just Recruiting with JR, Prep Football Friday, always adding to our arsenal of shows here at the Chris Landry Football Channel. And you can find all the shows and all the content, great film breakdown, at LandryFootball.com. Now, who is Chris Landry, you want to say? Well, if you don't know, you're not a dialed-in football fan, but you can become one by going to LandryFootball.com. And there you will find film breakdowns from Chris Landry, former coach at LSU, former coach in the NFL. He coached with Bill Belichick, so you know Chris knows his stuff, and we're proud to be part of the Landry Football Channel here on the A Few Good Men on a Big Ten, on the Big Ten podcast. All right, let's start with... Before we get to question marks for contenders, let's start with who's playing who and when are they playing them? You know, we're getting ready to start formal training camps in August, which is, what, a day away, two days away? When you go to training camp, what are you pointing toward? Well, you're pointing toward the season opener, right? If you don't know who you're playing in the season opener, that's a little weird. Now, we're in a weird era. I'll grant you that. Uh, We have COVID-19 intruding on anything and everything, uh, but we don't live in a world where you just go out there and run around and hit each other and train without knowing what you're training for. So is tomorrow the day we get a Big Ten football schedule? Today, we get a conference call with Big Ten athletic directors, and I would think uh, if they're doing their job – Uh, they would get to the point where they realize they have to let the fans know who they're playing and when they're playing them. Now, what will this Big Ten football schedule look like? Well, we already know it's not going to include any non-conference games. Sorry, Ball State. Sorry, Bowling Green. Sorry, Miami. Sorry, OU. Sorry, all you teams in the MAC and all you small schools hoping to fortify your budgets off Big Ten football payoffs. They're not playing you this year because they're afraid that you can't monitor your athletes for COVID like they can monitor their athletes for COVID. So they're not going to put their players, their coaches, their support personnel at risk. Is it a risk? I don't know. I mean, you can maybe tell from the tenor of my voice that I think COVID is something that we need to push back on rather than recoil from. I think press on, uh, get up when you're knocked down, Next man up, all common phrases in athletics, persevere through adversity, whatever you want to call it, uh, we're not doing it with COVID. We're cowering in the corner, even though the numbers say that college athletes are not nearly as susceptible as people over the age of 70. That's my personal opinion. But we also know we don't want anything bad to happen to anybody. And there's nothing more tragic than when a young person gets Uh, a debilitating injury, debilitating medical impact, or, heaven forbid, uh, dies while playing college football. So I understand the concern. I just think it's a little bit grounded more in fear than in the kind of can-do spirit that typifies athletics because you can't eliminate risk from any aspect of society. But back to the topic at hand, Big Ten football schedule. Are they going to wait until September 26th to open? Because that's typically the weekend on the schedules that were released years ago when the 2020 Big Ten season was going to begin. I don't think so. I think the longer you wait to start playing, 
the longer you delay finding out what the consequences in the COVID world are of playing. Now, you can practice, and of course, we've seen already uh, stop signs go up at Big Ten schools, Ohio State, Indiana, Michigan State, Rutgers, uh, Maryland as well. Right now, Michigan State and Rutgers are in the midst of a two-week quarantine. Ohio State's didn't last that long. They paused it a little bit. They got some some tests. Penn State, I think, had eight positive tests the last time that they announced. And kudos, by the way, to Sandy Barber, Penn State's athletic director. Uh, she and her staff have uh, made it clear that they're going to come out and they're going to let fans know every two weeks the results of Penn State's COVID-19 testing. Uh, that doesn't violate HIPAA, the federal law that guarantees you medical privacy. But some schools in the Big Ten the one I cover, Ohio State, they're not letting you know how many positive tests they've had. To each his own, I think it's a good transparent move for athletic departments to be responsive to their fans and to their fans' concerns for their players. So we got to have a game to find out what the consequences of having a game are. In Ohio State's case, September the 5th they were going to open. That was commonly the date throughout the Big Ten that teams are going to open, but with a non-conference game. Now, Obviously, with no non-conference games, well, why wait until September the 26th? The fact that you can move the schedule up allows you to build into the season some wiggle room for a week, say, where you have so many positive tests on your team that it might not be prudent to play another team from the conference. We could see a season where teams have three or four off weeks. I think three off weeks is going to be pretty common for teams this year. But who's going to play who when? Andy and I touched on Monday on the possibility of, if you're going to remake the schedule, and you obviously are, do you want to consider playing those rivalry games earlier in the year? I know it's blasphemy to think that Ohio State, Michigan, Purdue, Indiana, uh, Wisconsin, Iowa, would be played not on the final weekend of the season. But maybe that's something you want to consider so that if you need to take a second run at that game because the first one as scheduled didn't happen due to COVID tests, you have that possibility there. If you wait until the final Saturday in November and that opportunity doesn't isn't conducive to playing, well, then you've lost the opportunity. And what would be worse, playing uh, Ohio State-Michigan in October or not playing Ohio State-Michigan at all? I think, obviously, the answer is uh, it would be worse to not play it at all. So I would think athletic directors around the league have been working on a schedule and will announce that schedule certainly before the first of next week. Uh, because it's silly to me that you would ask coaches to practice and not know who they're practicing for. So that's the first topic. All right, now let's presume we are going to have a season. I think it's a big presumption, first of all. Because as I've said, in the three tiers of football that we all care about, high school, college, NFL, I think college, if I had to rank them, least likely to happen, I'd rank college ahead of high schools. You say, well, why? 
The budgets are crazy in college at the Big Ten level, at the Power Five level. High schools can't do that. No, high schools can't do that. But college players are striving to be NFL players. And if you jeopardize a college player's future, well, you're going to be in a recruiting jackpot at some point in time. If you don't help develop kids for the NFL, why is Ohio State so successful recruiting? Why is Clemson? Why is Alabama? Because they develop players for the NFL. Places where you have a guy who torches the coaching staff because they are assumed to have been an impediment to him reaching the NFL, well, those schools pay a price in recruiting future prospects. So I don't think any coach wants to be labeled or any school wants to be labeled as somebody that put a young person's NFL career in jeopardy. High school kids are different. High school kids, it's a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Uh, I was chatting with Jim Lachey, the former Ohio State All-American offensive lineman, radio analyst on the Ohio State Radio Network. His son, Luke, is a freshman at Iowa, tight end. By the way, Iowa, you got a great player in Luke Lachey. Luke Lachey is going to be, uh, I think, an all-conference player, I think an NFL player, and Ohio State, which has a need for tight ends. I have no idea why they didn't offer Luke Lachey, but they didn't. He's a great athlete. Luke Lachey will be a great player for you Iowa Hawkeye fans. All right. Luke Lachey, his team was in the regional finals in basketball when the season was canceled. He was hoping for a track season where he'd get the chance to win the state high jump. That was wiped out. That's gone forever. Luke Lachey will never get that back. That's why at the high school level, I think people will press forward. Because if you're a senior, this is your last shot. You don't redshirt in high school. So I think there's a willingness on the part of parents to say, I want my kid to go through that experience. And not every kid who plays high school athletics is a college prospect. It's the end of a lot of them's athletic career. And they don't want to see that go by the boards. I feel really, really bad for the seniors who didn't get a chance to have a championship season last year at the high school level because of COVID. I understand it. We didn't know how bad it was going to be. We had to mitigate against the worst possible scenario. But uh, that's why I think high school football is more likely to happen than college football. And NFL football is going to happen. There's just too much money at stake in the National Football League. So uh, another reason why they got to get that schedule out and got to make it happen. All right, before we get to our question marks for contenders, East and West, thank you again for joining us here on the Chris Landry Football Channel on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash chrislandryfootball. Uh, Or you can go to landryfootball.com, click on the Twitch page, listen live to our podcast, uh, or you can read about the game of football from Chris's perspective and the scouts' perspective that are on our staff. We got you covered from high school to college to the NFL, from recruiting to the NFL draft to free agency, pregame, postgame, film analysis, all the inside scoop, all the players, all the teams, all the schemes. LandryFootball.com and the Landry Football Network is your source for all things football. All right, let's start with... Let's start with the Western Division contenders because we know who the East Division contenders are, right? It's Ohio State, Penn State. I'll throw you in there, Michigan, even though I don't really think you're a contender. Let's go to the West. Wisconsin, you're defending West champion. What is the big question mark for the Wisconsin Badgers? Well, I mean, people focus on uh, quarterback. They focus on Graham Mers, Jack Cohn. It's not the biggest question mark. Well, I mean, if Mers beats Cohn out, Cohn completing, uh, what, 69.6% of his passes, 
Um, 18 touchdowns, five interceptions, played a really good first half in the Big Ten championship game. If Murs beats Cone out, well, Murs is a great player. Biggest question mark for Wisconsin. Uh, you might say, well, they lost Jonathan Taylor, right? It's got to be Nakia Watson. Can Nakia Watson be Jonathan Taylor? Well, yeah, kind of. But Nakia Watson can't be Jonathan Taylor if the offensive line isn't what a Wisconsin offensive line has to be. So that's my biggest question mark for the Wisconsin Badgers because they lost the Remington Award winner. Uh, they lost two other starters up front, three other starters up front, I believe. So offensive line is your biggest question mark. Tyler Biotish, Remington Award winner at center, a stalwart for the Badgers. He's gone. When you lose your center, that's like a that's like a double dose of bad news. Lose a starting offensive lineman, bad news. Lose your starting center, lose your Remington Award winner, really bad news. So we'll see uh, what Paul Chris and the Wisconsin Badgers can come up with on the offensive line. Because if the offensive line falls into place, then Nakia Watson's going to have room to run. Jack Conner, Graham Murr is going to have time to throw. And then it becomes a question of, can they replace Quintez Cephas? That was a big loss for Wisconsin, losing Quintez Cephas early to the NFL. Uh, Danny Davis poised to have a big year. They're not real deep, but wide receiver. But again, the biggest question mark for the Wisconsin Badgers, offensive line. All right. Elsewhere in the West, Minnesota. I think the, the question I have about Minnesota is not so much a tangible question because they return a lot. It's an intangible question, and it's the first time that Minnesota, at least since the Glenn Mason era, has had to answer this question. And that question is, can they handle success? Can they handle success? Can they build on success? Glenn Mason was very successful at Minnesota, churning out eight win seasons time after time after time. And Mace had a formula for that. You play non-conference games, you can win. You go 50-50 in the Big Ten, boom. Goldie the Gophers fans are happy. You're in a bowl game, and everything is great. Except when you do that for a certain amount of time, then people say, you know, it'd be nice to win 10 games every year instead of eight. You forget who you were before that coach showed up, and everybody starts hungering to get to the right next level. The problem is they never assume that can be the next level down. You can get to the next level. Sometimes it's the next level down. Seen that happen at Minnesota. Seen it happen in Indiana after Bill Mallory. Now Tom Allen's got Indiana coming on pretty well. And it looks like P.J. Fleck in year three winning 11 games. Boom, we have arrived. They got their talent mostly coming back in 2020. But can they handle success? Can they know it's not automatic because... Hey, yeah, we won 11 games last year. Ah, we're fine. Let's point to the Wisconsin game at the end of the year. Well, you point to the Wisconsin game at the end of the year, you're going to forget the other teams on your schedule. Iowa's going to get you. Somebody else in the West going to get you. Maybe Nebraska gets you. Maybe Adrian Martinez has a bounce back year and Nebraska gets you. You can't afford to lose a game that should be a win because you think you're something you're not quite yet, okay? So with Minnesota, do they have tangible questions? Of course, Tyler Johnson going to the NFL that's a big loss. One of Tanner Morgan's favorite targets, but fortunately for him, he's got Rashad Bateman back. He's got a lot of talent back. Offensive line is good. Backfield is good. Defense, pretty good. Very grown-up, mature Minnesota defense. 
for me, the question is, can they handle success? All right, now, let's talk about Iowa. You know, the Iowa Hawkeyes last year lost three games. Now, I would be tempted to say that the biggest challenge for Iowa is handling all this stuff around the program, the accusations made uh, by African-American players. It's not a friendly environment for African-American players. I would never minimize that, but I would just say that I know Kirk Ferentz well enough to know that that was not something that Kirk Ferentz cultivated. Maybe Kirk, does he need to be more hands-on, take more of an active interest in the day-to-day stuff rather than being a CEO-type guy? Okay, they got rid of their strength coach. That's, I think, helped heal some of those concerns at Iowa. I just have a lot of faith in Kirk Ferentz and his staff and the veterans on that staff. And I also know that when you're attacked from the outside, it tends to bond you more within the nucleus of your team. So I'll keep my eye on Iowa in the Big Ten West. You say, well, that's crazy. They lose Nate Stanley. They do. They do. But Kirk Ferentz really liked his quarterbacks last year in bowl prep. Alex Padilla, Spencer Petras. I think they're going to be okay at quarterback. Stanley was a good quarterback, but I don't feel like Iowa won solely because of Nate Stanley. Iowa plays solid defense. They run the football. They beat you up. They're physical. Iowa, question mark, is quarterback. Padilla, Petrus, which one? But I think Iowa, last year they lose three games by seven, five, and two points. Seven, five, and two points. Those are possible one-play losses. And they knocked off Minnesota. So Iowa's got potential. Keep your eye on Iowa. So it's going to be one of those three teams in the West. And look, if you want me to throw in Nebraska, I'll throw them in. But Adrian Martinez has got to play better than he played a year ago. He just does. He's got to play way better than he did a year ago. Adrian Martinez, phenomenal freshman year, sophomore year, big disappointment. Big disappointment. So if Adrian Martinez doesn't get it going, Nebraska's not going to get it going. And... You know, I think it's silly for people to say that uh, Scott Frost is embattled. Are you crazy? You crazy? You want to go back to Bill Callahan days? You want to go back to the uh, Mike Riley days? Uh, No, you don't. You got the perfect coach, okay? So stick with Scott Frost. So much of having the perfect coach is having a coach who wants to be where he is, having a coach who won't be listening like Scott Frost listened when he was at Central Florida. If you got a guy who's got his eyes elsewhere and you lose him in the midst of him building a program, well, that's a big-time problem. That's a big-time problem. Scott Frost's not going to listen to offers from anybody else while he's at Nebraska. He's going to stay at Nebraska. Just the way Urban Meyer was going to stay at Ohio State, the way Mark D'Antonio was going to stay at Michigan State, the way Paul Chris was going to stay at Wisconsin because he's a Wisconsin guy, you're not going to want to drive Scott Frost out because the next guy, or the potential next guy, is going to say, geez, if they got rid of Scott Frost, what are they going to do to me? What are they going to do to me? Now, Penn State does not have a guy like that. James Franklin's a climber. You know, James Franklin seems pretty happy at Penn State. 
the thought last year was if Urban Meyer didn't take the USC job, James Franklin was going to take the USC job. And I believe James Franklin would have taken the USC job. But USC changed athletic directors. They decided to stick with Clay Helton. I don't think Penn State fans feel like James Franklin's going to be there in uh, five to ten years, even though he's young enough to do that. But that's not the biggest question mark for Penn State as we switch to the East. The biggest question mark for the Penn State Nittany Lions this year is can Sean Clifford become a reliable passer of the football? Uh, If he can't, Penn State is going to be really good, but they're not going to be elite. They're not going to be elite. They got Journey Brown. They got Noah Kane. They got Devin Ford. They got an experienced offensive line, four starters back. They're going to be pretty good on defense. The thing that will take Penn State, that final half step from really good top 10 team to elite, maybe good enough to beat Ohio State, maybe good enough to win the Big Ten championship game, maybe good enough to get a playoff berth, is if Sean Clifford can become a more reliable passer. He got the happy feet last year when he was under duress. He couldn't hit the big pass under pressure. Now he's got a really good tight end, Pat Fryermuth. Doesn't have K.J. Hamler back. Unsettled at the wide receiver position. He had a good recruit that came in at the wide receiver position, but he didn't get those reps in spring ball that he needed. We'll see. Penn State, biggest question mark, is definitely Sean Clifford passing game. Michigan, question mark. Well, I have many. Uh, Some relate to Jim Harbaugh. Well, they all relate to Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Can he, will he settle on a quarterback between Dylan McCaffrey and Joe Milton? Or will he yo-yo them in and out? That's a bad strategy, yo-yoing them in and out. He might have to because of injury, because McCaffrey got injured last year. And if they're going to run McCaffrey in Josh Gaddis's offense, they got to make sure that he doesn't take hits. Now, that's possible. That is possible. Shea Patterson ran the football some last year. Shea Patterson didn't take very many big hits. Russell Wilson runs the ball in the NFL. He doesn't take very many big hits. But Dylan McCaffrey, he's got that competitive McCaffrey spirit in him because of his dad, Ed, his mom, who supposedly is the best athlete in the family, his brother Christian, of course. Christian, uh, uh, Dylan McCaffrey, too anxious to take on contact at Wisconsin, and it really came back and bit him big time. Really came back and bit him big time. So Dylan McCaffrey got to stay away from contact. So that's one of my questions with Michigan. My biggest question with Michigan is, can they just believe that they're able to win the games they have to win to go from being average to being what Michigan aspires to be? Because they've struggled to win those games against Penn State, against Wisconsin, against Ohio State, against the elite caliber of the Big Ten. Michigan football, Michigan football has essentially become the program that Minnesota was when Glenn Mason was there. You win your non-conference games, you win you know, a little bit more than, you win more than half your Big Ten games, but not a whole lot more than half. Because they've lost to Michigan State a lot. They've lost to Ohio State a lot. They've lost to Penn State a lot. They lost that game last year at Wisconsin. wasn't competitive. So they're a team that, you know, they play Notre Dame in the non-conference, or they always play a good non-conference game. Maybe they lose that game. They go 2-1 and one in the non-conference. And then you go 5-3, and three, and you hopefully win your bowl game. Jim Harbaugh's not there to win seven games. He's not there to win eight games. He's there to win 12 games. He's definitely there to win double-digit games. Now, he's done it a few times, but it's been 
kind of an oh-by-the-way 10-win season because, you know, they lost to the Spartans. They lost to the Buckeyes. Got to get to a Big Ten championship game eventually. So my questions with Harbaugh, can he get his team to believe? Can he commit to a quarterback? Can he build an offensive line? And can he find an elite running back? If you'd have told me Jim Harbaugh's six years into Michigan doesn't have an elite running back, I'd have been shocked. I'd have been shocked. But that's where we are. All right, and finally in the East, Ohio State. Ohio State, far and away, the team to watch. Everybody assumes Ohio State's not only going to win the Big Ten, they're going to be a playoff team. Do they have a question mark? Well, sure. Sure they do. First of all, you say, just can they replace the talent they lost? I mean, look at the NFL draft. They lose two of the top three picks, Chase Young, Jeff Okuda, and they lose a third All-American in J.K. Dobbins. They lost... College football's best pass rusher, number one overall pick, Chase Young. College football's arguably best corner, Jeff Okuda, All-American corner, number three pick in the NFL draft. And they lost, by the way, the school's single-season rushing leader. Now, that's a mouthful, single-season rushing leader at Ohio State, when you're talking about a school that's produced Archie Griffin, Eddie George, Tim Spencer, Keith Byers, on and on and on. Tailback, 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 tailback. Zeke Elliott. J.K. Dobbins gained more yards in a season than any of them. They got to replace all three of those guys. But they got tailbacks behind J.K. Dobbins. They got Master Teague. They got Trey Sermon redshirting, or not redshirting, but transferring from Oklahoma. Uh, they have Zach Harrison at defensive end, who they think is the next big thing behind Chase Young. I don't think Zach Harrison has shown quite yet what Chase Young showed as a freshman that told everybody that Chase Young would be a worthy heir to Joey Bosa and to Nick Bosa. But Zach Harrison's a really good player. Michigan wanted him bad. Penn State wanted him bad. Everybody wanted Zach Harrison. Ohio State got him. Hometown kid. We'll see. Can he fill that hole? But they'll be fine on the defensive line. The place where they are really hurting is the place where Jeff Okuda played in the secondary. Because not only did Ohio State lose Jeff Okuda, they also lost Damon Arnett, first-round pick, and they lost Jordan Fuller at safety. So three of their four starters in the defensive backfield are gone, and new defensive coordinator Kerry Combs. Now, he's new, but he's not new because he was in Columbus for six years with Urban Meyer. He left for the Tennessee Titans for two years. Now he's back. So he was either recruited or coached a lot of these guys that he'll be coaching this year. But... He replaces Jeff Hafley, who went to Boston College. Anytime you change coordinators, you change a little bit of the scheme, you change the dynamic. Ohio State was phenomenal last year on defense. But can that secondary, which was depleted further in the spring by Jocelyn Wint and Amir Reap's dismissal from the team uh, after an incident uh, in which they were charged with sexual assault, those two guys One of them was going to start. One of them was going to play a lot this year. Now they're gone. But Ohio State always recruits well, and they have Sean Wade back to go from the slot to the outside. Now, will he be as good as Okuda? Well, that would be pretty hard to do. But Sean Wade's a really good player. He would have been a first-round pick. Uh, So that's the question mark with Ohio State is the secondary. A reminder, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, official sponsor of the A Few Good Men on the Big Ten podcast. 
Make sure you get your Hemisphere Coffee Roasters coffee at a 15% discount by using the promo code in all caps, BIG10. You'll love their coffee, light, medium, and dark roast. Comes from all over the world, Indonesia, Ethiopia, Thailand. You get the best coffee direct from growers. They do great things for the growers, and they do great things for you. They start your morning off right. Try delicious Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. Order online, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Promo code, all caps, BIG10. All right, let's go to our third topic today, opt-outs. We've seen players in the NFL start to opt out because of health concerns. Their children have had cancer. Their wife has had cancer. They've had a debilitating health condition. They're not going to play this year because they don't want to be exposed to the possibility of getting COVID-19. We saw our first name college player opt out yesterday. Uh, Virginia Tech's Caleb Farla'ai. He's Hawaiian. I'm not sure about the pronunciations. It's Farley, and then they got that ah-ah apostrophe in there with the A. Farley, ah-ah, I think. He was an elite player for the Hokies last year. He is going to be highly drafted in the NFL, and right now he's going to be training for that. He's not going to be playing for the Hokies. And the reason he gave in his Twitter exodus was because he lost his mom to an illness in 2018. He says, I can't afford to lose another parent. He had his father and his brother standing behind him at his announcement. He's going to train for the draft. I get it. This is the profile of the player who will opt out that I expect to see this season. Somebody who's a really good player, but he's not on a team that people think is going to be playoff worthy. I don't think you're going to see Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Chris Olave, players like that. Your first team All-American candidate players on presumed playoff contenders. Those guys are not going to opt out. You're not going to see Josh Myers at Ohio State opt out. You're not going to see the guy who plays beside him at right guard, Wyatt Davis, opt out. You're not going to see Quiddy Pay at Michigan opt out. You're not going to see Michael Penix at Indiana opt out. He's not an All-American talent, but I just don't think Michael Penix is going to opt out. So, But you will have guys opt out. You will. So right away when this happened, People start wondering, gee, uh, who's on uh, my team that might opt out? And Ohio State fans went into a panic mode, at least a little bit, when they saw a tweet follow in short order after the young man from Vatex Exodus from Randy Wade, the father of Sean Wade. Because Randy Wade's already said, if they move football to the spring, Sean Wade is, and I quote Randy Wade, out of here, baby. Out of here, baby. <laughs> Uh, well, is he going to be out of here, baby, uh, on an opt-out? No, because according to Randy Wade's Twitter, Sean Wade said, uh, Randy Wade said, to each his own, I'm pretty sure the shadow, that being Sean Wade, has got a rematch coming with Goldilocks. Now, uh, I don't know, but I don't think Trevor Lawrence goes by Goldilocks but I'm pretty sure that is what Randy Wade meant, that there's going to be a rematch between Sean Wade and that is what Trevor Lawrence ran in the playoff. So we'll see what we see, but Sean Wade is going to play if Ohio State is going to play this season. Again, you can text me a comment on the Chris Landry football 
Twitch channel. If you're watching live right now, thank you very much. Uh, and we will respond to your uh, texts with quest with uh, all kinds of uh, you know our expertise at this point in time. It's tough to know really uh, whether we're going to have Big Ten football or not. I I I I'd have to give myself um, probably I think it's a thirty percent chance we get a ten game season out of the Big Ten right now. Honestly, because of all those factors that I've referred to before. All those factors, the idealism, protecting their future earnings, the complication of the optics. If you don't have kids on campus, how can you have kids play? We all know there are a lot of people sensitive to the fact that ah, these guys are you know, they're unpaid. They're putting their economic and health futures on the line by playing. You've got to have kids on campus if you're going to have football players play. You can't restrict their freedom. NFL play. Nobody's complaining in the NBA about the NBA bubble. Nobody's complaining in the NHL about the NHL bubble. You're pro athlete. You sign up for those kinds of things. College players, you got one foot in being a kid. You got one foot in being an adult. You got mom and dad mixed in there. So I'm not any more optimistic about a full 10-game Big Ten football season uh, than 30%. 30% out of 100. All right. Now has come to the point in the program when you have a podcast called A Few Good Men on the Big Ten, or you have to have a segment called, um, well, I'll just let the colonel tell you. You can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right. Here's what my you can't handle the truth moment is this week. COVID-19 is going to impact college athletic departments in a big way. It already has. Your have-nots, your MAC teams, your SWAC teams, your non-Power 5 schools probably are going to have their budgets severely impacted by the lack of non-conference opponents from right now the Big Ten and the Pac-12. I think eventually we're going to get to more conferences doing that. But it's also not going to be a year without dramatic adjustments for the haves in the Power 5. This is adversity that can be viewed as debilitating or can be viewed as an opportunity. An opportunity to get leaner. There's a lot of fat in athletic departments throughout the Big Ten. A lot of fat. Story on uh, PennLive.com this week from David Jones about the growth of the Penn State Athletic Department during the time David Jones has covered Penn State. Resonated with me because when I came to cover Ohio State in the late 1980s, I knew every single athletic administrator in the building. There were six of them. AD, assistant AD, ticket guy, marketing guy, and a couple of other guys to do the stuff that fell through the cracks. Now, each one of those offices, I guarantee you the ticket guy's got more than six people working under him. I guarantee you the marketing guy's got way more than six people working under him. They got fundraising. They got branding. They got licensing. They got this. They got that. You can fill up pages and pages and pages. Look at your program if you go to a game this year, if you have one from a former year. Look at your program and look at the athletic department staffing page. And look how many people work in those athletic departments. Now, I'm not saying you don't need some of those people, but I am saying you don't need all those people. So that is where leaders, not followers, leaders, have to look at this as an opportunity, not how we can survive, wrong question, Guys who ask that question, leaders who ask that question aren't leaders. They're followers. They're fearful. They're not bold. 
The question is not how we can survive. The question is, how can we adapt? How can we adapt? How can we get better? How can we do what we need to do for our players, for our coaches, for our fans in the midst of a new world order economically? Because everybody's going to be impacted by this. Even Barry Alvarez, Wisconsin's a have. Thanks to Barry Alvarez's success with the football program, they built the Cole Center. They've spruced up Camp Randall. They sell tons and tons of tickets. They win lots and lots of games. They're a success. Barry Alvarez says they're going to lose in the tens of millions of dollars this year. Now, you can go crawl in a corner and cry about the unfairness of that, or you can adapt. You can look at it as a challenge. Let's not forget, in sports, the winners are the people who have the right mindset, who have the right approach. Mentally, people need to look at this, not as something that cannot be overcome, but as something that requires innovation, determination to overcome. We'll see who distinguishes themselves during this time, who comes out of it on the other end, better able to do business going forward because of the way they adapted to the challenges of doing business in the COVID-19 era. That is my You Can't Handle the Truth moment for today. We'll leave you with this. Joey Bosa, he's buying dinner, hopefully for everybody. Five-year, $135 million contract with the San Di- uh, Los Angeles Chargers. $78 million guaranteed at signing. $102 million totally guaranteed in the deal. Records for an NFL player. Congratulations to Joey Bosa. Who's going to make more in their career, Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa? Probably Nick Bosa because he's a tad younger. And the longer you're around, the more the contracts go up. So Joey Bosa has those NFL defensive records now. The next big-time star that signs will probably trump that because Joey's contract now provides a template for those people. And one of those people will be his brother, Nick Bosa, who had an amazing rookie year with the Super Bowl-bound San Francisco 49ers. Uh, That will do it for this edition of the A Few Good Men on the Big Ten podcast. I am Bruce Hooley. Thank you very much for joining me. A reminder, the Chris Landry Football Channel on Twitch at the top of the hour brings you the A Few, no, brings you the In Defense of the Big 12 show. And LandryFootball.com is the place for you to land if you want film study. You're a film geek? We got it at LandryFootball.com. You're a fan of the Pac-12? We got a Pac-12 show. We got a Pac-12 podcast. Big 12, ACC, SEC, got you all covered. From high school to college to the NFL, fantasy football, high school football, pregame, postgame, Inside Scoop players, teams, coaches, schemes, LandryFootball.com and the Landry Football Network, your source for all things football. Fantasy shows, it's not a fantasy, it's reality. We have fantasy shows, yes. And Twitch, your place to watch these shows as they take place. Check out the schedule at LandryFootball.com. Enjoy your day, hang around top of the hour. Big 12 guys will be along. We'll talk to you again on Monday here on the A Few Good Men on the Big Ten Podcast.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.